Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Good day, listeners. Welcome to today's broadcast. We're going to listen today to the first of the Beatitudes as recorded by Matthew. There's a good possibility that many of us have at one time memorized the words of our text, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And no doubt words that are so very familiar also have taken on a certain meaning for us. We have some idea about what they say, yet what did Jesus say? And what does that mean for us today? As you know, the Beatitudes are part of what we know as the Sermon on the Mount. And that is indeed the idea you get when you read the opening words of chapter 5 of Matthew. Seeing the crowds, he, that is Jesus, went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them. The way Matthew writes that, you get the idea that Jesus specifically climbed up that mountain in order that he might preach to the crowds from there. From the Sea of Galilee, the land rises slowly to a high plateau, from which it continues to rise some more. This was a wild and desolate country, a place to which Jesus went more often for private prayer and for personal fellowship with God. What is the situation? Well, The multitudes were pressing upon Jesus. The crowds, you see, were tremendously impressed with Jesus. The closing verses of chapter 4 make that clear. Jesus taught in all of Galilee. He healed many people. His fame spread throughout Syria, even. Great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. And Jesus, seeing that goes up into the hill country above the Sea of Galilee. He withdraws into that desolate terrain. Why? Well, to pray. He continued in prayer to God all night, says Luke. And then the next morning, before going down, he called his disciples to him. He chose from them the twelve, whom he named apostles. Only after he had done that did he go down to that lower, more level terrain, And only then did he preach what is now popularly called the Sermon on the Mount. By the time Jesus preaches this sermon, a number of things have already happened in and to his ministry. Not only had his fame spread throughout the land by this time, but it becomes clear from the sermon itself that the break between Jesus and the Pharisees had already taken place. The word preached by Jesus was not at all like the teaching of the Pharisees. Jesus had taken a sharp, clear-cut position against the Pharisees and their teaching, and the people loved it. They sensed that he spoke with authority and not like the Pharisees. With that background, we now turn our attention to the Sermon on the Mount. This sermon gives a summary statement of the gospel of the kingdom as Jesus had been preaching it. It is therefore also a summary of the gospel that is to be preached by the twelve apostles whom he had just appointed, and so also a summary of the gospel to be preached by the church today. 
But then the question arises, why did Christ speak this sermon at a public gathering? And why was the multitude astonished at his teaching? Blessed are the poor in spirit, says Jesus. Blessed are those who mourn. Does that mean that all who are poor, all who mourn? Which people is Christ speaking of? Jesus is speaking to the people of the covenant and about the people of the covenant. And that means in the first place that Jesus is focusing on Israel. The nation of Israel had been God's unique chosen people. The Lord had not dealt with any other nation as he had with Israel. Matthew writes in the context of that covenantal relationship. The Sermon on the Mount is very specifically addressed to God's covenant people, Israel. And so, by extension, it is addressed to his people, the Church of the New Covenant today. To all of them, Jesus says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. What did he mean? It's especially the last two words, in spirit, that are confusing. Is Jesus saying here that those people are blessed who have come to know, who have come to experience how poor they are spiritually? Is Jesus saying, blessed are they who know that they are poor sinners? Many people have thought so. They understand the words in spirit as a phrase that describes the word poor. And so they think Jesus is talking about spiritual poverty. However, when you turn to Luke you find in his parallel account that he doesn't include the words in spirit at all. Luke simply writes, Blessed are you poor. How are we to understand what Jesus said here? Luke uses a very strong word when he talks about the poor. The word used by Luke as well as by Matthew for the poor is a word that originally meant beggar. Luke wants his readers to know that Jesus was talking about a large group of people who are poor, who have no money, who are the underprivileged, who have no opportunity to better their lot in life. But Jesus was not talking about all who are poor. He is not saying that all who are in economic distress are blessed. That's the message of the social gospel. That's the message of those who say that God is on the side of the poor. But that's not what Jesus is saying. Luke wants us to understand that Jesus was addressing this word to the children of the covenant. Matthew and Luke both understand the word of Jesus to be a reference to people who are poor. But Matthew is not addressing Gentile readers as Luke was. Matthew has a Jewish reader in mind. So he writes in such a way that his meaning will be crystal clear to those Jewish readers. Why then those added words in spirit? Why doesn't Matthew simply write the poor, as Luke does? And that question arises for us because we think that the words in spirit somehow limit or restrict the scope of Jesus' word. We say Jesus is talking only about people who are spiritually poor. He is limiting what he says to people who have that kind of poverty. That's where we are wrong. The words of Spirit do not function in a restricting way. Rather, they reinforce. Matthew has understood Jesus well. Matthew wants us to know that Jesus is talking about people who are so poor that they have become spiritually distressed. I'm sure you've seen something of that on TV. 
people who are altogether hopeless, listless, despondent. For such people, you understand, their poverty is more than only a material thing. It becomes a spiritual problem. It has made them despondent. Matthew and Luke are indeed talking about the same thing, about the same people. But there is a difference. Luke pictures the poor as to their external situation. They are poor, and everyone can see it. Matthew, however, pictures those poverty-stricken people as to their inner condition. They are distressed. Their poverty is weighing them down. And then you hear the words of this gospel. What Jesus says here is this. People who come to him, people who come to the Savior with their material needs, such people are blessed. He says to them, he assures them that no matter how dismal and dreary and hopeless their real life situation may be, they are blessed. But why? And how? While it is their king who is standing before them, it is their king who assures them that they are heirs of his kingdom. He incorporates them into his fellowship. He says to them, what is mine is yours. They are rich, even though at the present time they may be poverty-stricken. If that is the meaning, then, what is the application? What do we do with this text? Must we say to you, we must all strive for material poverty? Must we say, you are blessed if you are poor? No, not really. That's not the point of this text at all. What Jesus is saying, and saying emphatically, is this, that all who are poor and destitute, that all such who come to him, that all such who are members of his body, the church, all such are blessed. They are blessed today already, and they are blessed forever, because they are his heirs, heirs of the gift of life that is life eternal. Now that should give us perspective for our thinking. There can be no question that there are many poor who need to be ministered to, but the prevailing idea in North America today is misleading and false. Why? Well, because that thinking is a contradiction of this word of Jesus. You see, the North American seems to say, Blessed are the rich, for they have it made. People also of the church, all kinds of people get caught up in that thinking. And it is that thinking that becomes the motivation for giving. People want more and more. And the children, our children too, they hear it and see it in action. And this North American gospel is broadcast throughout the world. Salvation, it says, salvation is to be found in none other than in material well-being. Jesus' word is ignored. His message is obsolete. The first beatitude doesn't really cut it anymore. Now, we know the world cannot understand the word of Jesus. But it is also true the church often doesn't understand his word. But Jesus who will not permit so much as a comma to fall from his word. Jesus says, it is true. Blessed are the poor, as long as they belong to the company of my people, because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He keeps on saying that to all who love him, who draw their life each day anew from him, who serve him with whatever they have and are. And they know it for sure. They are blessed today and forever. Thank you for listening. Till next time.